Welcome to another episode. I am V, and this is the Sussex Set. And I know you guys are feeling good, riding high off of the NAACP appearance. You know, our faves are out and about again. I mean, I thought Harry was holding my girl hostage um, (laughs) because we hadn't seen her in literal months since the, the picture from Christmas. But I am, just as I'm sure you are, just floating on air because this is what thriving looks like. This is what they've been striving for this whole time, or at least the time that they were in England. And it's nice to see that in motion, like it's in full swing. But before we get into that, which we will definitely get into that, uh, thanks for bearing with me. I actually had COVID in the last YouTube video that I put up for the the last podcast. I sat out the chat because I had a fever. Uh, Turns out it was COVID. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm recovered. You know what I mean? I still have a little bit of a cough that's that's left over, but double vaxxed. I hadn't get the, gotten the chance to get my booster shot um, and then I start feeling symptoms and then it turned out to be COVID. So as a lot of people were saying, you know, like I tested negative initially, but I was still running a fever. And then about four days after the first test, I tested positive. I actually went and got tested. Um, that was positive and it ain't fun. It is not fun. You feel me? <laughs> so hope you, hope y'all are, uh, hopefully y'all are, um, you know, I know a lot, it's just almost like I know more people that have had it than have been able to avoid it, but definitely, I mean, I'm young ish. I'm still in my thirties, but very, very solidly middle age. I can't imagine, and double double vax, like I said, I can't imagine being like 70s, 80s, 90s having COVID. Like, you know, like they're saying the queen has COVID. Listen, I don't know. Maybe they maybe they just superhuman, but COVID kicked my behind. Like, it really did. Like, I, I, I will say that's relative. You know, I was not in danger of having to go to the hospital or anything like that, and you know, I have all the tools to like monitor temperature, oxygen levels and things like that. But for somebody being double vaxxed, dude, I was out of breath. I was out of breath just doing simple things for at least for like two or three solid days straight. So um, again, I guess it goes without saying, but I'll say it anyway. If you haven't gotten vac- vaccinated, what the hell are you even doing? Please get vaxxed. And then, of course, get boosted. I've been fully vaccinated since May. So it was time for my booster. And I just happened to get COVID. So I don't even know when I can get the booster. But at some point, I will definitely get it. Um, so, yeah, that's where I've been. <laughs> like I said, still got a little bit of a cough left over. But um, that's getting better and better and stuff. So. So let's talk about the NAACP Image Awards. The NAACP Awards, the Image Awards, uh, aired on BET February 26th. And a few days before the ceremony aired, the NAACP announced that Prince Harry and Duchess Meghan would receive the President's Award uh, in recognition of achievement and public service. And about halfway through the ceremony, we saw President Derek Johnson, uh, president of the NAACP, presenting Harry and Meghan with the award. And 
before we get into how great Harry and Meghan looked and, you know, the pictures afterward and all of that, can we just talk about how the NAACP big Terry and Megan up, like how they deserve, like, honestly, that two, two and a half, three minute introduction before they came out, just giving a summary of all of the work that they've done both separately and together. And a lot of those accomplishments being even after they left the Royal family. Uh, but what a beautiful piece. Like if you haven't had the opportunity to see that, Try to catch it. I, I've tweeted it, but I'll try to find it and retweet it. I mean, there's a certain type of person who would like to say, or and they often say, actually, well, what have they done? You know, what makes them so special? Watch that clip and put it all together. And they, again, they are just getting started. That, that's what a life of public service looks like when you're not told that it has to be in a certain way. Like even in the, for example, the Buckingham Palace statement, it said that Harry and Meghan weren't, um, you know, dedicated to a life of service. That that statement where they were talking about taking their patronages away and uh, taking away Harry's military, uh, military titles. Um, no, no, no. I, I think it's safe to say that Harry and Meghan, with the service that they have done, as they stated, service is universal, They've had more impact in the lives of the people that they have come across than anybody in the royal family, just as an example. But like, I love the packaging, like whoever put that video together, the narration was also great. I believe it was MC Light, Um, just putting them forward as two people who exemplify what service is and what it means and, and what it does for people. I just I just love the way I had never seen it done that way. I guess with everything that Harry and Meghan have uh, done or been invited of, it's usually just a short introduction. But that was a summation of the work that they've, you know, done in their lives so far. And when you really hear it all together or you read it all together, it's like they have done a lot. And I love that the NAACP really drove that point home. They've done a lot and they will continue to do way more than, you know, your average celebrity, if you will. You know, people like to call them celebrities, but really I think Harry and Meghan see themselves as philanthropists first. They just happen to be popular, you know. Um, But I love the way that the NAACP and just like, you know, black people in general, um, big them up and not just over here, but like everywhere. In their speech, Harry and Meghan also introduced the NAACP Archwell Digital Civil Rights Award, which the inaugural recipient of that award, uh, and I believe she was awarded the night before Meghan mentioned, was Sophia Noble, the author of Algorithms of Oppression. I believe she was a part of the Time 100 uh sort of virtual summit that they did um, sometime last year, probably more than a year ago now. Well, Dr. Sophia Noble is quite impressive. She is an internet studies scholar and professor of gender studies and African-American studies at the University of California, Los Angeles, otherwise known as UCLA. 
She serves as a co-founder and faculty director of the UCLA Center for Critical Internet Inquiry, which is a partner to the Archwell Foundation. And truly, we do live in a time where many people are spending more time online in digital spaces. Um, What we have now is what they call Web 2.0. Web 3 is the next iteration of the Internet. I mean, all digital. So it's like if we're recognizing people who are doing real work to make that space equitable, as are many doing the same in just regular everyday life, uh, then I can't think of any anyone more deserving than Sefia Noble because she basically, um, in addition to other things, right, but in terms of the digital space, she has done so much work on just the research and how, I mean, the algorithms of oppression, get the book, read it, but just the research that she's done on how critical it is to have black people, people of color in tech, right? Creating the tech that we, that like the lay person experiences. In 2021, Sophia Noble was recognized as a MacArthur Foundation Fellow, which is also known as the Genius Award. And she also sits on the Cyber Civil Rights Initiative, serving those vulnerable to online harassment. So yeah, get into Dr. Safia Noble. I think her work is is important. And I think the more people know about it, the better. Given that she is the first winner, there will be a second and a third and a fourth and so on, which leads me to speak of the genius, really, of Archwell putting their name kind of almost sort of making it a permanent fixture with regard to recognizing people who are doing great work uh, and not just being the celebrated uh, folks who are doing work. I love that it is the NAACP Archwell Digital Civil Rights Award. And that's almost sending a message of get used to seeing the name because we're going to be here for a while. And I love it. I love it. I was I was probably more excited about that than the fact that Harry and Meghan received the President's Award. Um, of course, they deserve the award, but I just love the fact that they pay it forward, yes, but then also demonstrate the impact that they have. And to be honest, one of these days pretty soon, Archwell will be a household name. And the beautiful part about that is that it will be because of the work that Archwell does, not because of who is behind Archwell. I think the point is for Archwell to outlive Harry and Meghan. Truly, like think of all of the philanthropic endeavors that have outlived their founders. That's the whole entire point. Archwell will be around for quite some time. And with Archwell's many partnerships, I hope They continue to do the work that inspires and impacts the lives of thousands of people. Now, let's talk about Harry and Meghan, (laughs) okay? Because uh, they looked amazing, as they always do. No surprises there. I'm really glad they attended in person. As it got close, you know, as the award, you know, the day of the award ceremony got close, 
And then it became clearer that a lot of it would be virtual, which most of it actually was virtual. Um, I like the hybrid. I like the hybrid. I like that, you know, some people appeared in person. I loved Anthony Anderson's mom being on stage with him the whole time. I loved it. Um, And I love that, you know, like I said, some people appeared in person, but you could tell that it was like live if you were virtual. Um, And then, of course, you had some people that just weren't there. And then uh, some stuff was pre-recorded. But as it went on, I was thinking, huh. Now, I don't think Harry and Meghan is going to give us that little corner in their house for the NAACP Awards. But, you know, they, you know, they might not come in person. But then it was like, but Harry just went to the Super Bowl. So, you know, and then somebody actually tweeted to me, well, Daniel wouldn't have gone all that way to L.A. for Megan to appear to appear uh, virtually for this thing, which made total sense. And so they were there in person, which, to be honest, I was not ready (laughs) for them to look that good. Like I was not ready for them to appear in person, Harry with his tux. I squealed. I was surprised. I thought I would just go watch it. But no, I, I I was just and I think that's because I really missed I missed Megan. Like we have not seen that girl. Um but Megan looked amazing wearing Christopher John Rogers, who um just in the last couple of years has been an emerging quote unquote designer, uh supported by some of the biggest names. I mean, primarily black women, but uh, huge names. Regina King, you know, Vice President Kamala Harris wore him during her inauguration for that incredibly historic moment. Um, Michelle Obama, Beyonce for Vogue. I mean, we're not talking about small players here. And Lady Gaga has worn him multiple times. Like, I mean, give him his tens, right? But like, um, he's apparently not even 30 designing out here on like the biggest red carpets. And this moment here, right? It's not like Megan plucked him from obscurity. He's already arrived, but now He's, I think because of Megan's, Megan's presence in the world and the interest that people have in her just globally, like beyond America, um, this, this is going to put him in the stratosphere. You know what I mean? So whatever level he was working up to, he's there now. He's there, right? Because so many millions more people know his name today that didn't yesterday. Um, But his designs are so beautiful and colorful and bright. Like, I think that's what the world needs more of anyway. Uh, He's a lot of patterns, a lot of, um, you know, sort of colors and what do you call it? Like um, ombre or or colors that just sort of fade into each other. Uh, But go to his website and see what he's all about. Look at his collections. I mean, great. But of course, not surprised that Megan, and we've seen this a lot really, uh, especially since since she's left England, uh, supporting black creatives, um, which I was I would expect nothing less of her, especially in this moment for the NAACP 
Awards. Uh, Harriet was also wearing a black designer, Oswald Boating. I hope I'm saying that correctly. He designed Harry's tux. Harry's looking great. But when I saw Megan's dress and, you know, Megan, Megan's going to give you a shoulder. Okay. But seeing the, the off the shoulder, but these beautiful bright blues, you know, um, she looks great in blue, by the way. She looks great in color in general, right? But seeing the off the shoulder and, you know, the sort of sparkly shoes and things that we haven't really seen her in a whole lot since she's since she's become the Duchess of Sussex, like it reminded me of the the black right at the British Fashion Awards where the day after people called her vulgar. <laughs> like how absurd but it was sort of um seeing her at the NAACP awards just being free and in color just being able to wear what she wants without fear of consequence or fear of uh someone trashing her in the papers that she had to be subjected to I was really really happy for her in that moment I mean it, it sounds silly if like if you haven't been following what Megan has gone through um, when she was in England, then it sounds really absurd. Right. Of course, she's free. She was not free. Right. But now. It just harkens back to that moment where she wasn't free. So it's it's kind of eerie, but it also makes me so happy for her that she can do whatever she wants as freely as she wants, how often she wants, and can nobody say nothing about it. I also recognize, as many people did uh, in Harry's section of his speech, uh, because it was sort of a joint speech and it was actually really cute because they really play off of each other's energy. They look back and forth at each other. Um, Usually whenever Harry and Meghan appear together, there's always some moment (laughs) that becomes... um, a meme, if you will, of the night. Uh, And it was Harry, like, looking at Megan. Somebody had, you know, taken the picture at the perfect moment. But um, in Harry's speech, he said that he recognizes and appreciates the warmth uh, that he has felt by the black community in America. Uh, African-American, you are African-American plus Mark. Harry is Mark. (laughs) I did a TikTok. Um, on that that's like my favorite sound but yeah I mean if you really look at it honestly they were run out of England and they came here and we all remember they said Tyler Perry paid for their security so that's the start you know what I'm saying (laughs) so that was that was Harry's start that was his real introduction to uh, African-Americans, if you will. Now, African-Americans are not Tyler Perry. Tyler Perry's not African-Americans. That man is a billionaire. He's his own. But if you know anything about Tyler, Tyler has a incredibly big heart, right? But, I mean, imagine you're a prince. Like, you're a prince. And just a year ago or two years ago or however, however long it was before they came to America, everything in your life seemed stable. And then now everything is unstable because your dad's a piece of shit who cut your security and then also revealed your location. Um, And Tyler Perry paid for that. He didn't have to. 
Harry probably could afford it with his inherit inheritance, but they're scrambling trying to figure out what the hell they're going to do as this pandemic is just starting. Right. Um, when they revealed that, I know people were like, wow, that's crazy. But then as time went on, I think what happened, which was probably something we didn't see a lot of publicly, was that some of the most well-connected black people in this country, I will say, I mean, we don't know. This is just my guess. But certainly Oprah's their freaking neighbor. And I'm not saying all their friends are black. We know that that ain't the case. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I don't really care who their friends are, or what they look like. But in this time when things were sort of up in the air, I think, I think a lot of people made themselves available for whatever um, kind of connects or whatever help they needed or whatever. Not that they necessarily needed it, but they were kind of scrambling. So Oprah, obviously, I'm going to assume is a huge one, right? But then Tyler Perry, you know, Oprah and Tyler Perry are like besties, kind of, you know what I mean? Um, and how that sort of ripples out just in general um, for African-Americans, because first and foremost, first and foremost, okay, we already, you know, Megan already ours because that's just on period, you know. And then just as I'm like, we all know wherever Harry goes, it doesn't matter whether it's Lesotho, whether it's Jamaica, <laughs> whether it's Malawi, whether it's Nepal or wherever, People love Harry. People love Harry. It just does not matter who he's around, right? And that is not um, going to be any different for, like, African-Americans. We know who Harry is, and we love Princess Diana. And then, as you are, I'm pretty sure, aware, throughout their whole entire ordeal of running away from England and trying to get settled over here, people over here on Black American Twitter we don't have a whole lot of love for Will. <laughs> so he's the one, like he's the one that we're going to go with uh, him and Megan, you know? So, and I know he's felt that we know from the beginning of the issues that they were having, I think when they first decided that they had to leave England uh, and they released that first statement when they were still in Africa that, you know, when he said, you know, it may not seem like we need your support, but we do. That let me know they knew who was really supporting them. I mean, because when you kind of trapped, like she said, she didn't leave anywhere and go anywhere for four months. Uh, all you can do is these engagements and then go home and um, until somebody sees you the next time. What do you have other than the digital space? Right. Um, and we know Harry. Harry going to go on that Internet. <laughs> Spike Jones gonna go on that internet and see what the people, what the streets is saying, right? Um, he like they know their online support, like the army that is the Sussex Squad. Okay, uh, primarily black, primarily American, uh, black female, uh, American driven, um, at least to an extent. Um, even though it's global. You know what I mean? Absolutely global. Men, women, everybody's just, you know, any, any and everybody's uh, Harry and Meghan supporter. 
But in them early stages, driving the conversation of trying to separate falsehoods that were being put out about them and checking all of the, you know, a lot of the, the, the sources that would run initially with what the British media were saying and correcting that. God bless us. Honestly, truly, because I, I, I mean, I don't even know that they would have made it out without um, at least someone in the digital space fighting for them. So I, don't, I feel like that was felt. So I'm glad that he acknowledged that. Not that he had to, but I, I, I was touched that he, he did acknowledge that he felt that. And I think also just being in a new country. I don't even know that Harry planned to live in America <laughs> when he when he proposed to Megan, when he married Megan. You know what I mean? I don't even know that she planned to come back. But when she referenced her home state of California, you know, and our community and, and, and you know, whatever other verbiage they were using, she glad to be back. She said she was willing to stick it out. Well, she probably was for Harry. But he was ready to go. He was ready to go, and he's over here now. Yeah, I mean, he ain't going back over there like he said until that security is what it needs to be. Uh, but it still must be tough. Must be tough living in another country. Um, but finding community, because one thing about black people, when we ain't got nothing, we do got community. And I think that's just a, you know, a survival mechanism, because this country really is not that old. And slavery was only outlawed not even 200 years ago. So uh, one thing we have is community. So that's what I meant about like, I mean, there had to be a lot of calls maybe that were made uh, for some super well-connected black people with influence who could make sure that they were they were good. Um, So I don't know. That's just my assumption. And I could be totally wrong here, you know, but one thing we all know, again, is that Tyler Perry stood in that gap when he didn't have to. So I, I don't think that he was the only one. That's all I'm saying. And so if the NAACP awards appearance weren't enough, okay, we all were given the the surprise, but the most welcome surprise of the entire night, which was that the the actual queen mother, Miss Doria Raglan, was in appearance. And we also got to see some pictures of her. <laughs> like, I can't tell you how happy that made me uh, and everybody else. So that was really the cherry on top for me. Um, God, I can't. I think we might like Doria more than we like Megan. Just just say it. I, I love Doria Raglan. And she looks amazing. Like, did you guys see the pictures with, with her little simple, you know, black dress and um, the pictures with like Anthony Anderson's mom and then all five of them together? Oh, my God. Whatever she's doing, she needs to bottle it and sell it and sell it. Her and Angela Bassett, whatever they're doing, patent it, put it in a bottle and sell it. Um, Because mama look good. She looks amazing. 
Um, I but I love the picture. There was a post that Anthony Anderson's mom um, put on her own Instagram, and it's just a picture of. I, I just love black mamas, man. You know, I, I it, it's just something about seeing a black mother smile. Uh, that just warms all of our hearts. You know what I mean? It's just, uh, if you know, you know. You know what I'm saying? You you really have to to be able to feel what I'm saying. Um, I, I love that. And just seeing how, <laughs> like, when she laughed in that picture, she looks just like Megan. They laugh the same. Um, but I love that. I just love this instant recognition that black women have in each other. You know what I'm saying? And I might be, you know, reading a little bit too much into it but I might not be I might not be I mean I don't have any reason to believe that Doria Raglan and uh Anthony Anderson's mom know each other but you can't tell that they don't in that picture it just it just was a the sweetest picture and the caption was also very 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 sweet um I love that I love that uh I can't wait to see all of the other pictures, I did see Harry and Jennifer Hudson, who won three awards uh, during the ceremony. Gotta love Jennifer Hudson. First of all, can we talk about how she's the most successful person to ever come off of American Idol? Whatever winners there were, she's better. <laughs> you know what I mean? I would say she's more successful. I won't say better, but uh, she's pretty great. <laughs> um, Oscar winner even uh but she's like by far the like the best product of that show and she's been through a lot as well but I I I loved seeing her and Harry you know um you know just as with Harry and Mickey Guyton at the Super Bowl I want to see those pictures well I don't really know what pictures will come out eventually we will see you know but I I love the whole backstage mingling and them actually you know, getting to meet lots of other famous black people. I like it. I like it a lot. Another picture that I saw that I loved was Harry and Meghan and the Johnsons, the president, the president's wife, uh, the Duke and the Duchess, all in a picture together. I loved Mrs. Johnson's dress, that navy blue pleated dress. Amazing. Um, it was just a great, great picture, great night for them. And I'm so glad that like, I don't know, I guess you could say that was like their, their television, at least awards show, awards ceremony sort of debut as a couple here in America was a black one on BET. <laughs> I like it. I like it. I'm sorry. I like it. Maybe selfishly. But also just in general, it's like, again, that's them recognizing if nobody had our back, black Americans definitely did that. So um, but also a space where they could, again, which is going back just to the beginning of when I started talking about this is just um, that they can also set up their award to recognize black people or people of color, uh, maybe not even necessarily black uh, doing important things in the digital space. Um, so I actually, you know, yearly will look forward to who will receive the Digital Civil Rights Award, the NAACP R12 Digital uh, Civil Rights Award. Um, because the digital space is just becoming more and more 
influential over our regular lives. So well done, Harry and Meghan, everybody at the NAACP Image Awards. It was a beautiful night. I thought, again, the hybrid between the virtual and the, you know, actual appearances, I thought it was great and can't can't wait to see what next year brings. In previous weeks, we have seen Harry out here living life. I referenced him being at the Super Bowl with his cousin. Hopefully she's back in England at this particular point. Uh, if not, that would be weird. <laughs> but it ain't none of my business. But yeah, um, I, I liked seeing Eugenie, Eugenie there. Um, that was still when Megan was in her, her period of silence, uh, allowing Clown Island, uh, particularly the institutions that run Clown Island, to get the attention from the world that it deserves from, you know, the Andrew crap and the queen playing for it. And, you know, the, the Charles crap and the uh, cash for honors and the Camilla crap with the, you know, statement about her being queen consort and all of that. Harry's just out here at the Super Bowl enjoying American football. Okay. Uh, I love that <laughs> for him. Uh, just because it's like, again, he's in a new country and this is now his country, uh, home country. Well, not home country, but, you know, it's where he lives, it's where his home is. And, um, you know, the girls were really upset that Eugenie was there. That surprised me. I thought people I thought people knew that they were friends and cousins. Right. And actually, I believe Eugenie was Megan's friend before Harry and Megan were an item. I believe that. I mean, I I thought people knew that to be true. But um I love I I just like that he's just going on with his life. Doing what he has to do, suing whoever he needs to sue in the process, but he ain't going to stop living, you know. And um I like that he has a me personally I like that he does have a connection from home sure I mean I think that does great things for one's mental health as well uh someone that he feels like he can trust which we all hope he can trust (laughs) um and then also shortly after the Super Bowl it was revealed that he renewed the lease to Frogmore Cottage And that Eugenie is going to continue staying there. I think that was smart, actually, because, you know, with all the the talk of the, you know, counselors of state and what have you, I think Harry, he has a right to want to retain a position as counselor of state if that's what's important to him. I mean, that's his birthright, right? (laughs) Uh, And saying that, like, you know, I guess the whole point is to maintain residency there, which... I mean, I look at it this way. He paid for those renovations. He can renew the lease if he wants. Really, to be honest, he shouldn't have to pay nothing and still retain that as a residence because the rest of the royals don't pay shit. They don't pay nothing on that. Like, do you do y'all really understand? Like, this is I try not to think about this too often because it actually makes me a little upset. But Harry is the only royal who paid into the sovereign grant or the privy purse. He paid into it. He paid for the 2.4 million renovation costs that everybody was complaining about. 
He paid into that and paying rent on the property. Who else paying rent? I, I heard it was like 10,000 pounds per month. That's a lot. That's that's quite a lot. I don't really know if it's that much, but like Andrew is over there living basically in a whole mansion paying $5 a month for rent. And the queen paying for his lawyers and, you know, his his damages and, you know, paying off the chalet, the ski chalet by millions of pounds. This nigga is paying $10 a month for rent. Incredibly discounted rent, right? So, yeah, I mean, Harry has the right to renew the lease. He paid for it. You know, before he paid back for the fixtures, they they still paid, not the fixtures, before he paid back into the, uh, for the whole entire re- renovation, you know, after the, the Spotify and the Netflix deals were rolling in, um, Harry and Meghan still paid for the fixtures. Like, they still paid for part of the renovation, you know, but now they paid for all of it. And it's not even their property. It's not even their property. But I kind of look at it this way. Harry because he's clearly planning on going back there if for nothing than to be able to be in England for the full 12 days of whenever D-Day happens, right? And he has a right to want to do that. To do you know what I'm saying? To want to do that and to do that safely. Um that perhaps might be the only place he feels comfortable when he, when he's in England. Um and then also with Eugenie and Jack being there clearly I mean, they invited them into their house at Montecito. <laughs> uh, Harry stays at Frogmore whenever he is in England, even if he's only there for like two days or however many days. Um, he stays at Frogmore Cottage with them. So he clearly trusts them. They might just be the placeholder that he needs while he's living the majority of his time in the United States. Uh, and that would keep other people from roaming up around and up up and through their house. I'm assuming most of their belongings are no longer in there, but that's that's still their home. Like they brought their son home from the hospital there. Um, that's where they brought him to. And that I mean, it's probably special to him at this point. So um, he has a right to do that. I, I mean, I know a lot of us, especially in the beginning, once wanted him to just sort of both of them really just to kind of cut everything and to an extent, I do. Emotionally, I do want him to to kind of cut everything off. Don't let anybody get the better of you and whatnot. But Harry's always been a chess player. Um, and he's he's thinking about the future and, and his freedom to go back to his home country whenever he chooses to do that and to be able to share that with his children. So I don't blame him. I don't blame him. Uh, it's chess. It ain't checkers. <laughs> like Denzel said. So don't get it twisted though. Don't get it twisted. That's not me saying I want him to, you know, go back to just being whoever the royal family want him to be in whatever capacity. That's not me saying I want to see him and the kids and Megan standing on the balcony during the Jubilee. Should the Jubilee happen? That is not that. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying I advocate for Harry doing whatever Harry feels like he needs to do in terms of specifically the property, uh, Frogmore Cottage. So, and honestly, if for no other reason than 
for him to be able to say, I have a residence here because they're really trying to drive him out so that he doesn't come back. And that's not right. So if Frogmore Cottage is standing between Harry being able to come back to his country whenever he wanted to and not being able to because he doesn't have a residence, then let Frogmore be the little cottage that could. Because I'm sure there are people in the family, in the royal family and in the Middleton family and all of those who hate Harry for being as happy as he is, who would like for him to have nothing, nothing connecting him to uh, being a royal. They wanted to throw him completely out. And if Harry having Frogmore is a thorn in their fucking sides, then let it be. Let it be. Let it be. Let it be. Yeah, let it be. Because, again, the guy's playing chess. And at some point, we'll we'll see what the end game is. I, I don't have to see it today. But I trust that he knows what he's doing. So what else has been going on? Uh, it appears that Turd and Bird are on their way to Jamaica. I'm not really going to talk about this all that much. But, yeah, I just want to wish Jamaicans good luck. I mean, um, I know the the running joke in the beginning was, you know, I hope they come down my street <laughs> so they can get new roads. I love them. I, I just I just love uh, I kind of love that. But um, that being said, that being said. Um, yeah, Amer- uh, I was going to say American squatties, Jamaican squatties uh, represent represent. I mean, listen, I ain't, I ain't saying throw tomatoes or nothing like that or whatever. I, I would imagine most Jamaicans are just not even interested but um you know they're they're on their charm offensive um uh, not really being all that shy about saying that they're going to uh caribbean countries um with their offensive charm we should really say um because barbados let the girls know what the things were do you understand and so the monarchy is saying or hoping that the uh, other nations <laughs> don't get any ideas. Well, girl, if you are not trying to get like Barbados, what is you doing? And then um, it came out in the news that uh, they were delaying a deportation flight from England back to, you know, sending people back to Jamaica uh, until after Turd and Bird returned uh, I would be more offended by that than anything. Uh, I'd be more offended by that than the idea of the host country having to pay for said offensive charm. Um, it's just the way that they don't care. <laughs> that's That's the thing that I hope other nations will soon wake up to, hopefully, uh, before the queen passes uh, and they don't wait until afterward. I mean, these people do not care. And the darker you are as a nation, the more blatant they are with how, how little they care. Um, that's going to be an interesting tour. That one I will be paying attention to. I don't hardly pay attention to what Will and Kate do anymore. Um, because the, what what is the media going to do? Just treat them like children, especially Kate, right? Got to hold her hand and everything. But I'm paying attention to this, and I'm going to pay attention to what Jamaican news outlets write about uh, 
about the visits and stuff like that. You know, everything they do is for PR, not just Will and Kate, but the entire institution. Um, it's an advertisement for why they are, you know, constantly in the need of tax dollars because they don't want to get off their asses and actually work. Like, how dare you complain about Harry and Megan getting, <laughs> getting a job? But, um, yeah, no, as somebody put it in a tweet that I saw, they're going to Jamaica to take a bunch of pictures with a bunch of black people. And that's what that's what they're going for. They got to re-up. They got to re-up. You know what I mean? The, the, the black kids in England, are they are on to it and they're no longer playing. Uh, they're going to Jamaica to try to pe- pretend uh, with their pictures and their photo ops, these very expensive photo ops, by the way. Like, oh, you're going halfway across the world just to make it seem like these people actually want you there so you can advertise to the rest of the Commonwealth. See, they think we're great. Don't you want to stay? And it, it really is an insult to people's intelligence, but they are they just keep being allowed to do it. So I guess the people are so adapted and used to the way that the monarchy works and how they use the Commonwealth. That's literally all those tours are for. It's just advertisement, right? Even when Harry and Meghan were there. Now, Harry and Meghan did try to at least make an impact, but this was advertising for the monarchy, right? That's why they really fumbled the bag when they lost Harry and Meghan because nobody else has the impact globally for the royal family that Harry and Meghan had in just the short time that they were there. But, you know, good luck, Jamaica. I will be supporting you from a distance and, you know, I hope y'all let them know, you know, just honestly, you know, <laughs> uh, maybe, you know, I don't, I don't know. I ain't Jamaican, girl. I can't even speak for Jamaica. Uh, maybe, maybe, maybe y'all, maybe Jamaicans really like the monarchy. I don't really know. Y'all just gonna have to let me know. Uh, but I will be paying attention to what happens just because of how Barbados, uh, how, how recent really that is, um, and they just basically said, deuces, deuces, though. We wish y'all well. Um, but, you know, you enjoy and take care. <laughs> I was hoping Jamaica was going to be like right behind that, but we'll see. But I will say this, expect to see Thief and Queef be blacker than you've ever seen them before. I'm talking dirty wine. I'm talking patois. (laughs) They finna be around here like Chet Hanks up in through Jamaica. Honestly, like, because we, what we know about them is they use black bodies all the time for props. They use black bodies in their photo ops as their way of saying, see, look, a black person, a black person right next to me. See, I'm not racist. So they're having to sort of always sort of have to live that down since the interview. But that's just what they do. They they have always done that and they didn't realize they were doing it until I think people call them out. But that's not stopping them from doing it now. So what I'm actually expecting, and this is real talk, I'm expecting them to go to Jamaica and try to create as many moments that they think will go viral because they think people are that stupid 
to forget who they actually are. And they are trying to, yeah, they're doing it for the monarchy. Yeah, they don't, you know, they're trying to keep other countries in that area from doing the Barbados. But they're also always on a PR campaign for themselves. And you know Harry and Meghan's going to be in the background. So they're trying to create some viral moments, kind of like how Harry had when he went to Jamaica. He did the little race with Usain Bolt. This is a different trip because Harry was, Harry was single and he was young. Um, he did a little race with Usain Bolt. He did uh, the dancing, you know, in the circle of, of people that were there that, that went viral. Um, I don't know if it's going to be quite like that, but I believe there's going to be some, they're going to try it. You just wait. They're going to try it. I'd be surprised if they didn't. And I would love to be wrong. <laughs> but we we just going to have to wait and see. So, and I really didn't have much else to talk about that was relevant at this point. I know there was the news about, you know, Charles wanting Camilla to be queen. And I really just don't care about that. I don't, I mean, I know half of England does not want that to be, you know, and I guess the other half are royalists and they love it. But that really ain't none of my business. My thing is for the people who don't want Queen Camilla, you know, and paying for Queen Camilla, why do you want any of them? Like, it don't matter whether she's queen or princess consort. Y'all are still on the hook for them. (laughs) You know what I mean? So it's just like, if you're going to voice your opinion about that, voice your opinion about the whole existence of of the monarchy. So I I, I don't get it. Um, You know, one of the things I noticed when I went to um, England a couple times, like they stay talking about the French. Well, let me tell you something about the French. They did what they had to do. They did what they had to do. You feel me? And y'all still over here complaining. <laughs> I'm just saying. Um, I just don't get complaining about something that you could at least try to get rid of. But that's not my culture. Maybe I, I honestly think most people just don't care. So there's the, the, um, apathy toward it and you're not really moved to do anything but we'll see how that changes after the queen after charles actually becomes king but uh yeah just want to give a quick shout out to uh an actual queen Kristen stewart who was overlooked by the baftas no surprise there but she got her oscar nomination which we knew she was going to get i hope she wins uh, the Oscars are at some point in March. I don't, I would have to check the date on that, but um, I hope she wins. She deserves, she deserves. I thought she, I thought she was stellar in that movie. Uh, if you haven't seen Spencer, Spencer is, it's not what, it's not just like a straight movie with, you know, it has a narrative and it has all that, but there are some elements in there that you would be surprised by if you just went in there expecting a plain movie. It is not that. But her performance, it's remarkable. Truly, truly. And if you haven't seen this director's work, he also directed Jackie, which is about Jacqueline Kennedy Onassis uh, when she was first lady. And I thought that was an incredible film too. But Spencer is so unique. It's almost sort of, well, it is haunting. It is haunting. 
but you you want to be able to go into it with an open mind regarding the narrative because it is so zoomed in if you will and it's just you know a weekend at Sandringham but it's in this critical phase in Diana's life this critical period where like she's beginning to see herself on the other side of this huge institution that has done nothing but oppress her but like Kristen Stewart's portrayal of her I can't remember exactly what I thought going into it, but having seen it, I thought it was great. But again, no surprise, she didn't she didn't get the nomination for uh, a BAFTA. And I love that the Oscar nomination came right after that, just to say, girl, you tried it, but we know why you didn't, and now you look a fool. <laughs> um, but, ew, uh, I will be watching the Oscars <laughs> and not the BAFTAs, because I have never in my life watched the BAFTAs, but... Yeah, so I just want to give a shout out to her and um, to you for listening to this episode because at this time I do have to say that that is pretty much all I have for today. Thank you as always for tuning in. You know where to find me. I am on Twitter at Megan Mood. I'm on Instagram at Sussexet, TikTok at Sussex Mood, uh, and you can find me on youtube as well as just for the podcast if you just like to listen in your car at work taking a walk wherever you can find me on all of the platforms uh and download the podcast there oh you can also find me on patreon as well patreon.com slash what is it sussex set yep that's where i am so thank you for tuning in take care of yourselves i am also going to be because I know not everybody can listen to a full episode. So I'll be taking sections and just making shorter videos for people who just want to catch a snippet. So if you see some something that comes up and it's like, oh, wait, I've heard this before. That's just what, what that is. Okay. So uh, thanks for tuning in. Take care and love you guys as always. And I will see you around. I promise it won't be a month before my next episode. I'm back. I just had to really work my way up to getting back to it. So take care. And until next time, peace. I'm a bad bitch. You can't kill me. Kill me.